Welcome to the heart of man with the Lions of Judah. We are your hosts, Matthew. And Matthew. No, Josh. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I did, I did, whatever. Let Ooh. us begin in prayer. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, you, you have given, given us Francis de Sales as a guide on the way to salvation. By his example and prayers, help us to trust in your loving providence and to follow your inspirations. May our lives show your gentle love to everyone we meet. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week we talked about the king. Uh, this week, I know we said sage, but we're going to do another episode on the king. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to. And <clears throat> so we talked about like, voca- voca- like vocation last time a lot. Um, how like your kingship is marked by who, whom, you ser- who, whom you serve, whether it's a higher power or a lower power. Um, so yeah, and like being an heir versus being a slave, being a king versus being a slave lord. And so I, we're just gonna, this episode's gonna be a, just a lot about like the heart of a king. Like, okay, great. Like unite yourself to Christ's authority serve God great what is like how do I do that and I, I know the scripture tells us to like how to do that like you know follow his commandments he, te- he it's very clear um but like again that's more so like what to do not how to do um we know why uh like for love of God and also like for love of the people around you like if you don't have authority over your own life then the people around you are like you you are a leader you lead you impact other people you lead other people somewhere where are you leading them um and so like why why is this important because if there's people around you that you care about you want them to have a happy life yes you want them you want to lead them um towards a higher good towards a good thing towards happiness right um that's kind of why how well what you do is follow the lord's commandment follow his will um but the how is something we want to talk about um, and we were just talking and we, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff, but I just want to read from the book of wisdom. Uh, this is from chapter six. Um, I'm just going to read bits of it that I underlined and stuff like that. Um, but so this is from chapter six. So then you Kings, you rulers, the world, you, you rulers, the world over, listen to what I say and learn from it. This is Solomon talking. You govern many lands and are proud that so many people are under your rule. But this authority has been given to you by the Lord Most High. He will examine what you have done and what you plan to do. You rule on behalf of God and his kingdom. And if you do not govern justly, if you do not uphold the law, if you do not live according to God's will, you will suffer sudden and terrible punishments. Judgment is especially severe on those in power. These are holy matters. And if you treat them in a holy manner, you yourselves will be considered holy. So then, make my teaching your treasure and joy, and you will be well instructed. Wisdom shines bright and never grows dim. Those who love her and look for her can easily find her. She is quick to make herself known to anyone who desires her. Get up early in the morning to find her, and you will have no problem. You will find her sitting at your door. To fasten your attention on wisdom is to gain perfect understanding. If you look for her, you will soon find peace of mind because she will be looking for those who are worthy of her, and she will find you wherever you are. She is kind and will be with you in your every thought. Wisdom begins when you sincerely want to learn. To desire wisdom is to love her. To love her is to keep her law, 
To keep her laws is to be certain of immortality. Immortality will bring you close to God. This desire for wisdom can prepare you to rule a kingdom. So then, you that rule the nations, if you value your thrones and symbols of authority, honor wisdom so that you may rule forever. No jealous desire to guard my own knowledge will make me hold back anything. Wisdom has nothing in common with such an attitude. What would we say wisdom is at the most fundamental level? Well, when he's... Okay, so if we're going to bring in um, the... I'm not as good with philosophy. Aristotle, Socrates, or Plato. I'm pretty sure Aristotle. Um, The goal of life... Like, the goal of life is happiness. Is that what Aristotle says? Something like that. Something like that. Um... And so, like, if that, if happiness, right, and, like, when it says, if you do not live according to God's will, you will suffer sudden and terrible punishment. To me, it seems like, simply put, wisdom is in doing God's will. Mm -hmm. Like, because that's what, like, so, like, to be happy is to do God's will, therefore the goal of life is to do God's will. Um, And, like, this part is really huge. To desire wisdom is to love her. To love her is to keep her laws. To keep her laws is to be certain of immortality. Immortality will bring you close to God. And in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 31, Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commands. Yeah. It's that same kind of like thing of like, like, like to desire wisdom is to love her, to love her, da 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 To keep the laws is to be certain of immortality. In John 15, John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commands. Yeah. Commandments. If you follow my commandments, you love me. If you don't, you don't. You know that kind of thing. I know there's, <clears throat> I know there's a lot of philosophical debate on, you know, the purpose of life is to pursue happiness. You know that whole thing. Whether it's something else, I don't know if I necessarily would say that. I think it's probably more like the purpose of life is to pursue greater life. Yeah. Like I think that, that there's an important distinction with that, because I think when you think, oh, I'm pursuing happiness. That whenever you're not experiencing happiness, you think you failed. Right. Um, and I'm not sure if I like that. No. Um, I also like when it's, you know, if you do not follow God's laws, you will experience sudden and severe pain or whatever it says right yeah. now. Um, it's funny because when a lot of people hear that who aren't Christian, they'll think, oh, look how barbaric God is. But, like, in a way, it's almost like, okay, well, do you believe that there is something, some things in life that are good and enjoyable? And they'll say, yeah. So do you think there are some things in life that are not? And they'll say, yeah. So, okay, well, you believe in some measure of objectivity. Yeah. So you have that. Um, but then what I would challenge them to do is, okay, replace the word God with, like, the rules of ultimate happiness. If you do not obey the rules of ultimate happiness, you will severe, you will experience sudden and p- painful non-happiness. Yeah. That just, and they'd be like, yeah, pretty much. If I shoot myself with a nail gun or if I eat a donut, there's going to be two different kinds of experiences. Right. Um, so it's almost like anybody can determine, like, the temporal rules of happiness. You know, right. better health, things like that. It's pretty obvious. Right. So, and no one would complain or disagree with that. It's the moment that it becomes a personal God rather than, an, uh, like, an abstract concept yeah. that they have a problem with that. And it's the moment that he says to do this. Yeah. Just, like, the idea of obedience, like... Oh, I will do this thing. Like, how many times have you or myself or anyone, for that matter, like listeners, have you been wanting, about to do something, and then someone tells you to do it, and immediately you're like, I will not do this anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, we're willing to destroy heaven for a one-off chance at trying to create it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think also, so again, like, when it says, 
Um, if you look for her, you will soon find peace of mind because she will be looking for those who are worthy of her and she will find you wherever you are. She is kind and will be with you in your every thought. Now, how can it be that she will be with you in your every thought? To me, it seems that wisdom is a frame of mind and a disposition of the heart. Yeah. Because to be with you in your every thought means that it's the way that you think. Yeah. The way that you see the world. Like, that's what wisdom is. You know, knowledge is like knowing things. <clears throat> like you have a particular thing you can hold. I know this thing. But wisdom is about... It, it is the way in which you see the world. Yeah, and in a way, I would even boil it down to something even more specific, maybe, of like... Because the reason I asked that was something that came to my mind was, well, okay, we're big on King David, we're big on kingship and wisdom, and now we're drifting into wisdom. Well, to me, the logical next step, like, literally and metaphysically, <laughs> metaphorically, sorry, metaphorically, I mean, is Solomon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, from King David. And the reason I asked was because I was wondering, okay, well, it almost seems from Solomon that the the wisdom in and of itself, when he prays for wisdom, he prays specifically for the knowledge to, to, to discern between good and evil. And to rule well, basically. And to rule well. But even more fundamental than that, what wisdom seems to be is just knowing how to ask. Yeah. Because that's what differentiates him between Adam and Eve. Because that's what stands out in that typology. Mm. It's not even typology, because technically typology, if I'm right, means relation between Old and New Testament. Um, or maybe it's a bit more... Like, in a certain extent, I think it's like uh, like there's a level of like foreshadowing. And yeah, well, it's like kind the, of like <clears throat> this, this person you can see a typology because like yeah, um, like King David was ty- a typology for Christ's kingship. Yeah, you know? well, and Solomon is also really important because here you have Solomon who, like Christ, is uh, an heir of Sol of an heir of David, right? Who was a child, a child king, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and who rectifies something between Adam and Eve and himself. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of uh, Jesus and Solomon too that I think often gets overlooked, and I've often said it. One of my favorite parts in but in the in in the Old Testament is when Solomon, who King David has just died, Solomon I think is estimated to be somewhere around like eleven years old. We don't know for sure, but he's mm-hmm. a child, and he has a dream, and in the dream he's praying, which is funny, yeah. um, and he asks uh, uh, or God comes to him in the dream and says, "What uh, whatever you ask." Um, I will give it to you. Yeah. And Solomon asks only for the knowledge of good and evil, only, <laughs> so that he so that he can be a good, wise ruler, exactly like King da- like his father David. What's interesting is that he asks for the knowledge of good and evil to discern between the no- good and evil, which is what Adam and Eve tried to steal. Yeah. Which got all of humanity damned, but with King. But what happens with Solomon? God says, "Well, because of your prayer." I will not only bestow upon you what you have asked, not only, but he will also give him everything he did not ask for, all the riches and the wealth and the, and the splendor of earthly things yeah. as well. And it's almost like God uses earthly and material things as an exclamation point on spiritual things. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a way, I mean, it's much more than that. But, you know, like all of these things like women, gold, power, armies, all these things that kings are famous for raiding and taking and all these earthly pleasures and wonders, um, they're always depicted in Scripture as like being that thing to avoid yeah. a lot of times, which, when t- taken the wrong way, leads to Gnosticism, of course. Mm-hmm. However, with Solomon, God uses those things to give to him yeah. as an exclamation point yeah. on what came before. Yeah. 
Um, and that shows their true purpose, their yeah. true goodness. And the reason I was going, going even deeper is more fundamentally from that is knowing how to ask. Adam and Eve didn't know how to ask. In fact, they bypassed asking altogether. Yeah. They tried to take. Right, exactly. They tried to take. Yeah, again, but wisdom, taking versus receiving. Exactly, but uh, Solomon, wisdom is knowing how to receive, knowing how to go about receiving, knowing yeah. how to ask. Yeah, like seriously, like imagine if Adam and Eve, instead of eating of the fruit, just was like, whoa, like literally, not only did they like believe the lie, because like Satan, when he, when the serpent came to them, he said, if you do this, you will be like God, right? Yeah. <clears throat> not only did they like that presupposed a lie that they were not already like God, because they were made in the image and likeness of God. So yeah. it presupposed a lie that they believed. Oh, am I not like God? Oh, well then, I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. Well, naturally, because we're all made, we are like God. Like we're made for that. Yeah. So naturally, our hearts are drawn to that. So that desire was like, oh, I want this. So what? What happened? Instead of taking their desire to God, they were like, no, I will satisfy it. Mm-hmm. And like, imagine what would ha- would have happened if Adam and Eve were like, oh, <coughs> okay, God, Father, can I have this? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I oftentimes wonder, you know, a lot of people wonder what it would be like if Adam and Eve never fell. I'm more so wondering what would have happened if they had taken a minute between taking the fruit and, you know, meeting the serpent. You know, or sorry, a moment between t- actually taking the fruit and first being tempted that they would have, like, turned to God and asked, like, hey, what should I do? Like, maybe they would have mm-hmm. still taken the fruit. Maybe God would say, no, you can't have it. And then they take it anyway. What would that have been like? Yeah. Like, see, like a, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, so, like, wow. So it's a matter of distrust. Um, yeah, I don't know how I lost it, though. But it's all, again, it's all about receiving. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I think that's, like, again... I think that, like, the pursuit is the goal. Like, to pursue <coughs> wisdom is the goal. Because mm-hmm. in pursuing wisdom, you will be wise. Yeah. Like, and not, not, like, eat, not immediately, but, like, that is how you become... And, what, well, I mean, like, and why did he pursue wisdom? Like, he pursued wisdom to um, better life, to make life better, not only for himself, but for other people. Yeah. So, like, again, like, even more fundamental than, than that is again seeking better life yeah and it was and ultimately like he did it for he he wanted it for other people yeah which is i don't even wanted it for themselves yeah which is not necessarily wrong but like they didn't even ask yeah you know what i mean um so yeah and i think again like um if you look at like kingship how king david became a king um and he like he was um, given wisdom through the prophet Nathaniel, no, Samuel, mm-hmm. one of the two, either a prophet, right? So like it seems that like wisdom, like causes and creates a good king, mm-hmm. and a good what comes from a great king, wisdom, because Solomon was born of David, yeah. and he was the wisest of the wise, you know. I think so, Sol- I find Solomon so intriguing on this topic because, well, for one, he did not stay the greatest he ended up falling to a lot of sin like a lot of it um so obviously um it it didn't purify him completely 
but also even before that like well how does he ask god like when, like the imagery is important yeah it specifically says god comes to him in a dream mm-hmm. so he's not, which is also counterintuitive to a lot of guys because we want to like climb the mountain you know all that imagery of climbing right. the mountain. we want to go do something solomon didn't go out into the wilderness and make some big thing about like throwing himself before the stars and asking god he was asleep in a bed yeah the epitome of doing nothing. The epitome of doing nothing. Like, <laughs> God caught him where he physically could not do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, like... Wow. And, that, again, it just goes back to... Re- like, I, I, I hate to be a broken record, but, like, it just goes back to receiving. And I think also, like, it goes... It also goes to show, though, like... So Solomon wanted to be, like, King David... And Solomon, like, he wanted to rule like King David. But I think also, like, Solomon also took a couple things from King David. N- namely, um, his sexual appetite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, again, that goes to show, like, as a king, meaning as a father or just as a leader in at any capacity, like, not, not, it's not just a matter of how you lead but also like who you are, how you live your life, even the things that no one sees, that impacts and, and will, that impacts your kids, that impacts mm-hmm. the people who follow you because of that spiritual reality. Yeah. You know? It's not just about like, do people know that these things are happening? Dude, King David It's a matter of like, no, if you're doing this, there are spiritual consequences. This is the body of Christ. How crazy is it that Wild at Heart is seen in David and Solomon, like characters that are written down by a third party thousands of years ago in an ancient language and we can still see the reality that Wild at Heart talks about of the wounds of the father. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's crazy because, you know, presumably Solomon would have grown up and seen David and his problems. So, and to such a degree that he inherited that. I, I don't know. I find that fascinating. Yeah. But, it, but I think also, like, yeah. But also, like, it, it, and also just, like, to go back, like, wisdom... Wisdom is what allows for a good king, and a, and a good king produces wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like, like again, the say like you're only as good of a sage as you are a king. Yeah. You're only going to be as good of a teacher as you were a leader and lived it out. Yeah. You know, um, and so I think it's why it's so important. And what we've lost as a culture is that we don't have sages anymore. Like we don't mm-hmm. like young men don't have older men to go to. For wisdom, yeah. like for teaching, for understanding. In fact, our culture has rebelled against that. Yeah. We've, we, again, I think I might have said this before, but like we, we praise novelty and reject wisdom. Yeah. Because wisdom has to do with authority. Yep. And authority, we, we're rejecting the patriarchy. We were rejecting... Well, rebellion has become the virtue and obedience has become the vice. Right. And, and that was like, that goes all the way back to the fall. Yeah. What was it? It was disobedience. Yeah. And obviously there's like... It's it's never as simple as like oh you're just disobeying that's it no like there's there's ob- like there's obviously reasons mm-hmm. why you would disobey and it comes down to just choosing to do so but still like it would be naive to think that there aren't anything else to do with the matter it's not like you just spontaneously for no reason just said okay not doing this right it's there's always a reason why yeah you have a reason even though it's a crappy one right or a, a twisted or a wicked or whatever it is reason. So what do you think, this is kind of in, uh, very in line with what we're talking about, the famous debate um, between like Catholic theologians, usually between people who follow 
I think Augustine and then obviously Aquinas, that when people are sinning, they're always seeking God or always seeking the good. Oh, this just came up in Dr. Federico. I know. Yeah, Nick was telling me about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I could share my brief thoughts. You go for it. I have a thought. Yeah. So my, my brief thought is that I've never actually agreed with Aquinas on that. Yeah. Now, to be fair, disclaimer, I've never read all of Aquinas. I don't know if that's what he actually says because Aquinas can be misquoted so often. That's so sure. I don't want to blame him and say, oh, Aquinas definitely says this and I disagree. It's probably something along the lines of like he probably says something that hasn't been represented entirely accurately. However, maybe it has. Mm-hmm. Um and I've heard that, you know, from so many people that that's his argument, that even when people are sinning, they're seeking the good. I don't think that's wrong. I just don't think it applies to every sin. Yeah. So, like, I'm much more in the line with Augustine in his Confessions where he talks about that actually loving iniquity. We translated yeah. that from Latin into English in Latin class. That was a lot of fun. Where he talks about how, as a kid, he just straight up loved evil. There was nothing else about oh, Augustine, it. Augustine, yeah, like he, the pear tree. Yeah, Augustine, yeah, the pear tree, exactly. We, and he deliberately says, there was no reason other than I loved evil. That was what it was. And, and he talks about how he came to that conclusion through years of prayer and growth. Um, and I find that really interesting because that is totally opposite to like what Aquinas would say. That, oh, deep down he's actually pursuing some kind of good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Aquinas is actually wrong. I would say, you know, I don't know, I would actually need to actually like read about this more, think about it more. Right. But my knee jerk and my gut thought right now, to be completely candid, is I think certain sins are you're pursuing some kind of good deep down. Some sins are not. I would say the carnal sins are ones, or at least what it would seem to me, the carnal mm. sins are the ones where you're actually seeking some kind of good. When you're seeking lust, anybody who struggles with lust can probably agree or identify within themselves that what they're actually seeking is connection and, and unity and, right. and, and, and love, um, which are good things. Um, they're seeking God because that's what God is. So I would, therefore, I, I would say, okay, in this case, Aquinas is right. Um, and, pretty, and I would say that anyone who says otherwise that they don't, aren't, aren't actually seeking those things or is probably lying to themselves because I don't see how you can actually be pursuing lust without actually be pursuing pursuing one of those i don't know maybe i'm wrong on that maybe it's a bit too bold of a thing to say yeah, I, I have some thoughts you can keep going and then yeah i'm almost done here um but then it's, it's true with gluttony what you're actually seeking is like to be filled to be satisfied um these carnal sins deal with satisfaction and yeah. i feel like those can probably be easily determined to be someone actually seeking god in the wrong way mm-hmm. um however other sins like spirit deep spiritual sins like hating your brother or um loving evil um or i don't know how to really i mean these seem a bit more abstract than like physical realities like physical lust or physical like physical gluttony these seem to be more completely spiritual or mental or whatever yeah um blaspheming against the holy spirit or betraying someone Um, right it's almost like i don't really see um how you can always say that because for instance you know like there's a big debate between jordan peterson and bishop Barron. their friends they talk about yeah. it one of the big things they talk about is this exact topic and they disagree Barron is much more on line with Thomas, um, Thomas. like thomistic yeah. stuff and peterson who's not catholic i should say but has thought about this a lot um a big part of his psychology is built around the idea of malevolence being a thing yeah. um so i don't know they, it requires a lot more thought um, however, I'm not so sure I agree um, with Aquinas, and it's not because I think myself smarter than him. It's because I actually prefer Augustine, who is probably an intellectual right. equal. Um, so um, I think Augustine probably was a bit more spot on. Yeah. Because I think if you look at the language of Scripture, 
it seems that that's the language of a father talking to a son who loves evil, not the language of a father who's talking to a son who's, oh, you're really just trying, it's all the thought that counts. Right. You know, I don't think yeah. that's... I would say, so I think, <clears throat> one, you can't make a blanket, you can't truly make a blanket statement because to do so would be to judge everyone's souls. True. And I, you can't do that. That being said... Mea culpa. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, I think that... It's ultimately about are you seeking like are you going to it to get life or are you going it to destroy life? Yeah, um, I like that because like I can like to seek out a prostitute for example. Mm-hmm. You could be doing that because you're looking to to get something. Yeah, or you could like theoretically it's possible that you could be going there simply for evil purposes and say I know that this will cause this or I suspect that it will cause this bad thing. Yeah. And so I go to this thing because it will cause the bad thing. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. I, I, are you yeah. are you searching for life or are you searching for death? People pick on Aquinas, or sorry, Augustine, because they, you know, the, the biggest criticism during his time or like even after people who would read him is that he was making a big deal out of something so small as stealing a fruit. Like people would joke about that. That was like a big joke about him. Yeah. Um, but... A good, I totally a good, understand But that. a good example, though, a childhood is a great place to look. But for what you just said, whether you're uh, seeking life or killing life, a great example is what, one of my things is when I get really angry at someone, I start snipping at them. Yeah. And I will literally just say the thing that will make them the word like mean like hurt, make them hurt the most i won't name names especially because people might listen to the podcast but there was a friend who i had a big argument with this friend and they got me really agitated this was here at ave and i just said something that didn't really relate to what we were saying and i said it because i knew that it had related to their childhood mm-hmm. and i knew that it was a wound and i just punched it because it was a wound yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, you could just say, oh, you weren't really seeking evil because it was just a kind of a spontaneous thing. You didn't really deliberate. No, I deliberated. Yeah. Like I thought in my head, I'm annoyed by this person. How can I hurt them? Yeah. I'm going to say this thing. And I struck it. I do not see how you can tell me that I was pursuing any kind of good in that because <laughs> yeah. I was not. No. And I think, yeah. And, and, and it, call, it kind of also goes almost full circle. Like... There are, like, there are times, like, I, I think also, like, along with the lines of, like, this idea of, like, is sin, like, because ultimately I think the, the biggest reason we ask is, am I responsible, like, can I be condemned for this? Yeah. I think it's a big part. And I think, like, for example, it is a sin to choose to do something, but if you don't choose to do it, it's not necessarily a sin. That being said, I think that we are vastly vastly misguided if we are trying to simply not sin mm-hmm. as opposed to living a good life I and agree. i think that is where wisdom comes in because it says that like wisdom will be with you in every thought again it's not about choosing and not choosing it's about your frame of mind and your disposition of your heart mm-hmm. like how do you see the world what is your frame of mind are you do you see the world as generally speaking good or bad mm-hmm. do you look at things with wonder <coughs> or like Ambivalence. Yeah. Are you like? Are you? Do you have a lens of love? Like, are you actually seeing? The, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if, and again, like that's uh, well, blessed I mean, the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I think it's very similar to this idea of wisdom. Is you become like you are pure in heart if you are striving to see God, mm-hmm. because that in and of itself is what it means to be pure in heart is looking for God. Yeah. And in that looking for God, you will be enabled to see God more, and you will be cleansed more. And that's what wisdom is. Is the more you search for wisdom. That actual pursuit of wisdom is what helps – is what gives you wisdom and it's what changes your frame of mind to say, 
what how can this what, what lesson is there in this mm-hmm. if it's suffering what 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 can i learn from this yeah I really like what you said about like it's not enough to just try and not sin. You have to like be living a good life. I actually find that really intriguing because again, one of my favorite like things to ponder on is the idea that okay, well we're ju- we're judged not only for what we do but for what we don't do. Like we say that during the mass. Um, yeah. So and I think a lot of people forget that. Like going back to like uh, without naming names, we'll say T because um, you know who I'm talking about. Like that that when that conversation yeah. about duty to people around you. Um, I think. That's part of it is what you refuse to do. Um, that, that that was a big part of the topic is whether or not that that has any kind of weight, and I think that it does. I think that when you look at scripture, when you look at the church, when you look at Christ's message, wisdom is knowing not only what to do and what not to do, but knowing when to do and when to not do. And, yeah. You know, so like I think that there's a big distinction because people just think that oh I'll just avoid, I'll yeah. just I'll just avoid I'll evade. And then I'll evade long enough to, and then boom, I'm in heaven. Yeah. It's like, not really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think also to be very, very simplistic, I would say knowledge is knowing what, prudence is knowing how, and wisdom is knowing why. Yeah. And without wisdom, you're not going to know how, and you're not really going to know what. Yeah. Like, you may, <laughs> I think that's the, the, the key of it, is, is I, I think to be, to be wise means to ask why. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. But not only Not ask, from a, like, a, yeah. why, like, accusatory, yeah. but just like, why? Yeah, that's what I was like, going to say. Not why only, is that? Not just only asking why, but knowing how to ask why. Right. And that's the difference between uh, random, but Mary and Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, to me, I think that, like, when, like, Zechariah asked, how can this be, versus Mary asking, how can this be, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's a little bit of a translation error, because I, to me, it seems like Zechariah is like, how can this be? Like, how? Mm-hmm. Like, how is this? Yeah. As in, I don't... Really, be- I don't. I don't know why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Thus, I like, you know, like out of disbelief. How is this happening? Yeah. Or like, why is this happening? Well, Greek is, animals. Whereas Greek- Mary, it it wasn't. How is this happening? But it was like, why? Yeah. Like whoa! Well, like even, this is happening. But but Lord, like me. Or you've some, chosen me. Like yeah. How? Like how can this be that you've chosen me? Why me? Yes, yeah, it's not so much like how could this possibly happen. But right. More like oh, okay. Well, how are we gonna do this? Right. Like, like, I think that that... And you know what's so funny is Greek is such a specific mm-hmm. language with these different words. Yeah. Like they have so many synonyms and things like that. Um, like, with four different words for love or whatever. Um, I, I could look, try and look at that for you. Because even though I'm very a beginner at Greek, I can find those passages. And I can use a dictionary and look up what the different words mean. Yeah. See if they are different verbs. Or not different... Sorry, not different verbs. Different words. Yeah. Um, and see what the different words mean yeah. if they are. Yeah. And I think that's why, like... Like... Sage, sage and king are very interwoven because I think to be a good king almost means to have the heart of a sage yeah. of asking why. Uh-huh. And then if you have the heart of a sage and you ask why, your kingship will be a good kingship because you will rule wisely. Mm-hmm. Because you instead of, instead of just looking at what to do or like freaking out, you'll say, oh, why is this the case? Mm-hmm. Oh, for this this reason, okay, are those good or bad reasons? Good reasons, cool. Bad reasons, okay, we need to nix this. Yeah. You know, like a very practical, but still loving and understanding viewpoint. Yep. Um, yeah, and so I think that like to be, I, I think not not entirely, but I think to to be wise means to ask why from a place of again humility mm. and wonder and awe, like why, like mm-hmm. whoa, like the whoa kind of why, not the yeah. accusatory like why. Yeah.
Like, whoa, why not? But why do? <laughs> yeah. We should probably wrap it up. Soon. We should. So, I gotta get going. Yeah, so I think that's a big part is like, and again, your vocation, like knowing what you're called to is again going back to asking that why from a place of humility. Yeah. And yeah, so I think having the heart of a sage is really good. So cool. Well, that is all. Next week we will talk about sage. Mm-hmm. And after that, maybe a get to know you episode, but also we're going to start getting uh, professors and whatnot, faculty oh, yeah. on here. So it'll be really cool. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Heck yeah, boys. Yep. All right. Is that it? Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Peace out, Girl Scout.